Well, looky here, it's another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. My name is Gord Whitehead. Ron and I have known each other for decades. We both have a passion about investing, obviously his more so than mine. But we like to talk about it, try to educate people a little about a, a little bit about investing. And Ron, at this particular time, here we are in January of a new year, is it time to sit down and, and get that portfolio out and have a look at it, see how we did last year? I, I, I stand to think some people might have taken it a little bit on the chin because the last half of 2022 was kind of topsy-turvy in the markets, wasn't it? A lot of people are really licking their wounds right now, Gord. But, it, uh, you know, as Bill Gates says, uh, it's fine to celebrate your success, but it's more important to heed the lessons of failure. You know, at this time of year, people make New Year's resolutions. They make goals for the coming year. But how many people do you know actually do a year-end financial review where they sit down with their portfolio and evaluate what went right, what went wrong, and, you know, if we're going to become better investors, we do have, we really have to focus on this. We have to do more than just gloat over our successes. You know, we can often learn much more from our failures, especially if we take the time to analyze what happened and then use the information to change the way we think in order to do better next time. You know, as uh, the famous quote out there says, we don't often learn when we see the light. We often learn when we feel the heat. So it's important to go back and look what you did over the year and analyze your successes and your failures. You know, the famous quote by Albert Einstein, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. And if you want a different or a better outcome in your investing, well, take the time to analyze your what you're doing. So if we do sit down, Ron, and we look at last year, and as I said, I mean, it was a bumpy road for a lot of people, things that maybe you'd been very comfortable in for quite some period of time. If you're like a sort of a buy-and-hold investor looking at the long strategy, you took some pretty good licks here. So how do you go about taking a look at it and doing that analysis? Well, the first thing you want to do is analyze the investments that made you money. Typically, if you do it the other way around, you're going to get depressed. So to build yourself up a little bit, start with the things that you've done well with, not just over the last six months, but if you're a buy and hold investor, uh, look at how you've done on these things over the last five years, analyze if anything's changed, and you know, take a look at, at the decisions you made. And it's important to do what I call a differentiation. And what part of your investment success was luck and what part was skill? You know, did you just buy something and it just happened to be taken over the afternoon you bought it and doubled? Um, you know, was it something that you have a lot of information on? You did your homework, you managed to buy it at the right price, and over time uh, you've nurtured it and kept it in your portfolio, and it's doubled and tripled for you. So really analyze what you're doing right because, you know, the whole trick about making money is do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Uh-huh. Seems sort of simplistic, but really it's what makes sense, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And then the second thing, Gord, is to analyze the investments that lost you money. And here again, ask yourself what part was luck uh, or lack of it and what part was skill. I mean, there's going to be times where you'll have put your best effort into analyzing the stock and maybe the government comes up with legislation like 
rental legislation, if you own rental houses, that caps uh, your increase or doesn't let you evict tenants or, you know, and there's all kinds of things that uh, that could affect that tax changes, lots of things uh, changing the business environment. So, I mean, some of those things are uncontrollable and you have to ask yourself, well, you know, I wasn't able to analyze that. So you need to separate out the things that were just an oversight. You know, maybe there was something obvious that you should have seen, but you didn't. And that's the importance of, of this type of analysis where you lost money. And is it the type of investment where you could get your bell rung regularly and there's no way for you to really uh, analyze whether that's going to happen or not? Well, maybe those kind of stocks, especially mining stocks or, you know, early uh, technology stocks where you've invested in a drug company and it's a long shot on whether it actually becomes a commercial drug or not. So maybe those low probability investments, uh, you decide you're going to invest a little less in because there's just too many ways they can go wrong, which are you can't analyze. So it's important to go through this and just figure out why things didn't work out for you and do less of them. So now this third one may tie into what you just talked about, Rod. That's analyzing your missed opportunities and why. And I and I can't and and people are going to say, "Oh, you're picking on this because it's in the news all the time." But you think of a stock like Tesla. Elon Musk gets involved in Twitter, spends 44 billion dollars. Tesla stock starts to drop. And and there's people sitting back and saying, you know, now there are a lot of people saying you should be on board this thing because it's going to come back. And that's for another discussion. But is that an example of the kind of thing? How could you have seen that coming? Well, when you have a stock that is literally trading at a valuation that is more than all of the other auto, auto company. stocks yeah. Yeah, co- combined by a, 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 a factor of of I think it's two or three, you know, you you have to ask yourself, and they're only at the time they're only producing uh, three hundred thousand dollar three hundred thousand autos a year, and the rest of the industry is producing twenty million plus autos, you know, and you know why is it that that is so expensive? You know, you have to you have to ask yourself, well, why didn't I sell it? So, I mean, missed opportunities, you made a good point, Gord. There's missed opportunities why it, it went up and you didn't sell it. And there's other missed opportunities where something's sitting right in front of your nose and uh, you watch it, you know everything about it, and you say, you know, I need to climb on board this. But due to fear or lack of capital or lack of expertise or lack of research or just lack of gumption, uh, you let a great opportunity, whether it was high and you should have sold, or it was sitting there right in front of your nose and you knew it was a great opportunity, you never took advantage of it, you have to ask yourself, why did I do that? Why did I miss this? And uh, here again, uh, the best way to do all of these, all of this soul searching is to sit down with a pen and paper or to sit down with your iPad or pod or whatever, your computer, and just take some notes and so you analyze this, and then later in the year, if you're buying something, you go, you know, I, I had some good thoughts on this, and go back and look at this, because the whole point is to improve your odds by doing more of what works. And I guess you can also analyze the disasters you avoided and why you did that. You just had a 
had bad juju about it, right? You just didn't feel right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there can be a lot of reasons that you avoided something. Partly it could be intuition, partly because... Uh, Maybe you didn't you have the money. In, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have the money, or, or uh, you could have just... You worked in the, the sector, or you worked in the area, and you looked at it, and you're going... These guys are going to get crushed because they don't uh, they don't have the management, they don't have the capital, they don't have all the ingredients that uh, would allow them to push their way into the space and become competitive. So analyze the, the the things that you steered clear of because believe me, in 2023 there's going to be as many disasters waiting to happen as there was in 2022. And you have to be really clear-headed about this and figure out why uh, you looked at this and decided that you didn't want to go near it. Because you're going to have other things this year that you have to analyze the same way. And if you can avoid losing money, it's not about making money. It's about not losing money that gets most people to the finish line. I mean, it's important to have your winners for sure. Way too many people lose more than anything they've ever made by just some huge stupid mistakes. And so you really want to be clear-headed about what you did and what you avoided and why you did so. All right, so then then you sit down, you've gone through, and you've had some analysis on your portfolio, portfolio, and you sit down and you say, well, okay, here's what I have left. Now, for instance, me as an example, you know, I was formerly in the media, so I was I had an attachment for media companies obviously I am nowhere near them now be, simply because of the fact it's really tough sledding for them out there advertising revenues are down there's a lot more competition we're talking about being in a recession those are not good things to spur media positivity as far as owning the stock is that a is that a fair example That's a very fair example so you know you you take a look at your current portfolio and you ask or analyze whether it is best positioned to take advantage of your strengths, for example. And a person who's had big exposure in the media is going to have more insights into what works and what doesn't than anyone else. So you want to go through the portfolio and you just want to analyze the opportunities and challenges of every stock that you have in there for the year ahead. And, you know, is more competition coming in? Are we seeing more government regulation? Or is the government backing off? And is the government funding all kinds of of, uh, initiatives? Like right now, obviously, the government is sponsoring a lot of green initiatives. So there's companies that, that, uh, frankly, have the wind at their back right now. So you look at all the things you have and analyze them over the next year. And then, you know, give them a ranking of one to five. You know, they're really well positioned they're not very well positioned and does the price reflect that and if if a company is not very well positioned and you could see it headed down well it's probably a little time to do some pruning and if you see some things that uh, have pulled back uh, especially in areas like technology and you say well you know this is just short term these companies are virtually monopolies in their space maybe you should be adding to those so analyzing your current portfolio will often lead you to some very prudent buy and sell decisions. And I guess lastly, one of the, and it's an important one, is you should take a look at your portfolio from a tax perspective, correct? You know, when I was uh, full-time in the industry, it always amazed me when somebody would bring in their portfolio and 
they would have all the highest taxed assets in the accounts that had the highest tax and they would have the lowest tax assets in family members accounts or business accounts or RSPs or TFSAs where they paid the least tax. And so you really want to analyze your tax efficiency and opportunities to, to lower your tax profile. And it might be a good idea to take an hour and sit down with your accountant or just sit down with a, a person you know, or if you've got a portfolio manager or broker you deal with, or just a seasoned investor and have someone, re, a third party, look at what you're doing. Because too often people leave so much on the table that they could be putting in their own pockets and they pay it out to um, a government on the municipal um provincial or federal level just because they they haven't been very prudent and been very lackadaisical on where they put their assets so you know in in conclusion gord it's you know most investors don't like reviewing their mistakes because it makes them feel stupid but i got a card counter argument to that and it's just is that if you don't analyze your mistakes you're going to feel even stupider repeating uh the same mistakes that you made over and over again and losing more money over and over again. So, you know, it is a tough thing to do because you've got to look in the mirror and be brutally honest with yourself. But being brutally honest with yourself is far better than losing a lot of money. And especially from the things that you've made um, the same mistakes in last year and the year before and the year before. So it's sobering, but it'll make you a better investor. Okay, well, before we close out today, Rod, we did have a question from one of our listeners that uh, was sent to our attention. Uh, it's from one of your former students in the investing classes that you taught. He says that my wife and I have sold our residence and are downsizing. We have just under a million dollars for the property and we'll build in the spring using about half of it. We have other investments in stocks and land. How should we invest the money to be able to pay for construction and guess, get the best returns on the rest? That's a tough call right now with the way the markets are behaving. That is a very good analysis of this, Gord. I mean, simply, you uh, go online. Uh, a good place to go is uh, ratehub.com, or even if you Google uh, in short-term interest rates, uh, they'll direct you to um, sites that are consolidation sites where they consolidate a lot of data on financial institution across the country and they'll tell you where you're getting the best current rates and usually that list changes quite regularly so if you got cash you want to go back there and look fairly regularly because what will be on the top of the list paying the most today might be at the bottom of the list even tomorrow and you know with the markets the way they are um, you know they're they're talking about we're going to go into a recession later this year. Well, uh, my view is that we're already in a, a recession. You know, a recession generally is viewed as uh, two quarters of negative gross domestic product. Well, we've had two quarters of uh, domestic uh, negativity. And I think we're, we're looking at when the numbers come out, we'll be in the third quarter of uh, of negative numbers here over the next couple of weeks. So, you know, frankly, I think we're already in a recession, but, you know, politically, it's not that uh, if you want to get reelected, you don't want to tell investors you're in a recession. So they're very coy about what they say. But, you know, 2023, most 
analysts, most economists, think that we're in for some tough sledding here, especially the first three quarters of 2023. And if you've got cash and you need it to outlay it for um, you know, materials and, and building costs in a house, uh, you want to keep that money short term. You don't want to expose it to the markets because, frankly, I don't have a clue what's going to happen over the next 90 days. And, frankly, I don't think anybody else does either. There's just so many cross currents. We've got political events. We've got China. We've got Russia. We've got what's going on in Ukraine. We've got Europe, which is definitely in recession. So there's a lot of cross currents right now. So keep your money short term and the highest interest rates you can find and use that money for the house. And don't try to make extra while you wait, because, uh, you know, you look at the surprises we've had over the last six months and uh, that money that you're putting aside because you need it, you invest it in the market and it goes down 20 percent. Well, that's not going to help you build your house. Pretty good advice right there. Short-term uh, interest rates are, you know, reasonably attractive right now, correct? Yeah. Now I went to Rate Hub, and, you know, there's there's one-year rates that you can find right now at 5%. And even if you go out to the five-year range, I've seen rates between 4.6 and 5%. So rates are really good right now, and, and you want to tune in next week. Because next week, Gord, we are going to talk about RSP, TFSA strategy, and we've got a, a good section in there on interest rates where they are right now and we're going to be talking about some stock ideas as well but we're going to be looking at the economy and based on where the economy is and where the markets are and where interest rates are how do you invest right now so you know if you're going to have some extra money you know usually uh, most for most people the tfsa and the rsp are the first things they look at investing and so we're going to have a show with a lot of detail next week on where to put that money and some of the best opportunities. So there you go, a little teaser about what's coming up in seven days' time. We will join you then. And remember, if you have a question, as that particular person did, you can reach us through letsmakemoney.ca or through cfcw.com, where our show is hosted on their website. And we will be back next week with another installment of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.